I was going to float something new to start off. I think it's quite nice. I've I listened to or I watch a, a watch podcast, and it's quite good because they they roundtable their name as an intro. So what I was going to suggest was that we do that. Um, whereby I'll set a thought, and I'll say, right. I'll give it the old hello, Dramfacers. Welcome to episode blah 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 blah. Uh, I'm Gregor. How would I? How would you f- feed it off today? No. I think I think I oh, well. Hang on, let me think about how to tee it up. <laughs> it's weird. How do you do that? This this is the intro where you're doing it right now. <laughs> no, we can't highlight because then it won't look slick because we've not. It's it's, it's been uh, chunky. It's chunky already, isn't it? Let's just try it and see how we go. Let's just let's just go. Ah, he's already using these Easter eggs. Wait, I need to I need to think of the name of this. The, I, I like my wee quirky names. Uh, uh, hang on, talk amongst yourselves. What are you trying to come up with a name for the episode? Ah, I like I like my wee my wee titles that you ignore and then rename in the text. <laughs> <laughs> I like spending energy on things that are wasted. Sorry, I didn't realise I was doing it. I wasn't doing it intentionally. So it's, this is going to be about our first year, right? We're Aye. one year old. Aye. Happy birthday. Mm. Yeah. Alright, here we go. <coughs> Alright, get your coughs and farts out, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So once I've said, uh, you know, I'm Gregor, uh, then somebody pick it up. Right. Yeah. Should Roy, Roy, Roy just next. Stick right. Gregor, Roy. No, alphabetical order. So, Gordon, oh, okay. Gordon, Rob, Roy, Scott. And it's just, I'm Gordon? Yeah, what's the, we're going to detail? Yeah, just, just like, I'm good. No, just, I'm, no, I'm, I'm Scott. Hi, I'm Scott. Okay. I'm drunk. Yeah. But, 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 <laughs> I'm drunk. But, but then we lose, is... no, wait, but I think we lose the, the Gregor thing. Yeah. Where we're yeah. always we're just listening to Aye. wait and see if you're going to fuck up the names. So if you're going, are you going to call us Rob Roy again? What's Greg, <laughs> Greg, Greg are doing the roundhouses because it's like and it's done and we're off. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I worked for a magazine company before and we had a, a, a motto which was "Nay fancies." Oh. And if anyone started, she <laughs> learned. Yeah, about doing like any Photoshop stuff <laughs> and all that. Nay fancies. And then one of the boys we work with actually got that tattooed on his ankle. Nay fancies. So Gregor, oh. nay fancies. Nay fancies. <laughs> well, I'm happy everyone else got to hear how the the collaborative nature of this team works, whereby an idea is quickly shot down. <laughs> <laughs> We're denying your request there, Gregor. We're denying it. No, not at all. I think just in the next planning meeting, right? We can we can put that planning in the agenda. meeting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How about this? How about this? You just say your name. I'm going to say, and today I'm joined by Gordon, Rob Roy, <laughs> Scotty. Right. How's that? How's about that? That's, that was brilliant. That's magic. We're definitely right, using that. Let's do a regular one as well, just for. Oh, well, I hadn't done it. I hadn't done this tee up. <laughs> <laughs> we spent the entire right. podcast just working out how we're going to say our names. I know. Ten minutes in. Right. <laughs> Here we go. It's been a while. Cough, cough fart's gone. Three, two, one.
Vega. I am joined by. Then you go off a bit. Gordon's going alphabetical. Uh, <laughs> same as me. Try to work it out. Wait a minute. Well, we can edit. We can edit. We can edit the the, the gaps out when. Three, two, one. Hello, Dram Facers. Welcome to episode 17, unofficially titled Looking Back to Look Forward. My name's Gregor. I'm joined by Gordon, Rob, Roy, and Scott. And that was a new attempt at being fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd agreed. Nay, fancies. Nay, fancies. <laughs> that worked well. That worked well. With the power of editing, you'll chop out the awkward gaps between. And it will be smooth. Right, okay. How are we all? How are we doing? Very well, thanks. Very, Very well. well, thank you, Gregor. Good, thank you. Welcome to season three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, season two was pretty quick, wasn't it? It was It was short and sweet. We should address the elephant in the room. Vimto, in the, the Dramface chat, mentioned, what's happened to the podcast? Feels like it's just stopped. Keep going, though. It's been a fun listen. Hmm. Uh, apologies all well not apologies it was just it's just life right scheduling has been challenging the front half of this year if i'm if i'm completely honest i've got a soccer kids schedule which i'm i'm co-team manager of not on the pitch just all the administrative stuff and uh, it's pretty demanding on my time mm. so it's it's proven challenging and then there has been little chances where we were going to get together yeah. and then it just fell apart just again because of life well despite how crazy busy you've been gregor you know you've been thrown uh kind of dates across to me you you have actively tried to find wee pockets of time but anytime that happened it was just so frustratingly and a i'm just something that i couldn't accommodate and and especially when it's short notice it's tough to get folk together it's, i was thinking about this it was weird how we, we were able to do it four and five of us last year quite regularly but obviously, since the Christmas podcast we recorded, this first three months of the year has been really, really tough. But we managed to pull this together at short notice. And with with the exception of Bea, who couldn't make it because she's poorly, eh, I'm grateful to get us together because this is the this is the core team I wanted to get, bring together to kind of reflect back on on eh, as Gregor's theme for the night, you know, the, the first year and things. Mm. Uh, but we've we've managed to pull it off. We're going to try and do two weeks tonight, so we're going to be sitting here for a week, <laughs> um, and then just just kind of uh, I don't know. It's just people. I think we're going to need to manage expectations and just let people know that it's not going to be a, a regular cadence. It's not going to be a rhythmic thing. We're just going to record them when we can. Uh, do, do you still? Do we all still enjoy it? I love it. I oh, love being part yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I do. I love hanging out with you guys. Yeah, I kind of miss it. I've, this is my first one for quite some time. Um, so yeah, I've been looking yeah, forward I to think it, I think it's important that we keep that uh, energy. I, I'd also be lying if I didn't say my energy was pretty low at the start of this year, um, if mm. I'm not oversharing. So it was also probably a good thing that we weren't kind of forcing it in. Yeah, yeah. So Hi. I, Hi. I think I think it's a good thing. I think, and and then the listeners get a better version of us for sure. Hmm. Aye, cool. you've got to keep it fun. That's it. That's it. It's kind yeah. of be work, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, indeed, indeed. As is our, our routine, 
there is no obligation to be drinking on this podcast. But <laughs> it does help. <laughs> I'm fighting off a cold. I'm kind of halfway through, and I said to Roy previous, I wasn't going to drink, and then I went and poured. It was like 10 minutes before the, the podcast. I was like, oh, I'll go and pour. So I've poured a little calibrator um, of a Glenmorran G10, and then I've got a nice little 15-year-old Kubokin waiting once my palate's Ooh. woken up. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, Scotty, what's what's in your glass? So I've started uh, tonight with uh, a wee a wee blended malt. Um, I've got a, a wee Johnny Walker, but it's the 15 pure malt. Oh, wow. Um, so before, before it was called the Green Label. So this is from 1990s, between 97 and 98, I think it is. Either one, either or. Either or. Uh, and I got this at auction. It's a it's a litre, and I got it for 35 quid. So oh. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, from 97, I think it's 97. So it's a... Uh, and I'm always on the lookout for kind of older Johnny Walkers. Uh, just, and, just and just, keep... and, and just uh, you know, Scotty, you're, you're obviously well-versed at this stuff, but a wee tip for anyone that's looking to auction for these vintage bottles that... You know, go back to the seventies and things. It's great. You can taste history, but some of the best pickings, especially at fifteen years old, like that one you're holding, is from the nineties. Yeah, because there wasn't a huge demand for them. The stock was deep. They could overage. They could pick from really the best stuff to put it together. Uh, and I did a wee vertical of Johnny Walker Blacks, the twelve year old, and the best one out the night out of the flight was the there was a nineteen nineties bottle. Yeah. So you've picked well there, chap, for thirty five pounds. Yeah, and just a, a tip, and, and you know, if people are looking for older Johnny Walkers, and someday it's not that obvious when you're looking at a website, and I'm sure most people will know this, but if you don't, um, anything pre-99 regarding Johnny Walker, the walking man is walking right to left <laughs> in the bottle. Because <laughs> ah. in 1999, they rebranded um, for the millennium. So the modern bottles now have the, the, the walking man walking from left to right. So if you instantly you can see by the walking man Walking one way isn't pre ninety nine, so right. it's always a good wee kind of indicator if you're looking and you don't maybe you don't know. And also the, the, the pure malt term obviously gives it away as well. It's a great tip. I love that nugget. The, the designers on the call will know that he was technically walking backwards prior then. Yeah. <laughs> so I think now I don't know if this is true, but who knows? <laughs> but I think they changed it because he's walking into the new millennium. Oh, uh, there we go. Market. Yeah, that might be I'd love true. To know might, that. I might just have made that up. It was about walking. It was about walking forward, right? Yeah. But in some no, cultures, walking from right to left was would be walking forward. Mm-hmm. But but it is good. I didn't know it was nineteen ninety nine. That's a good tip. Yep. Um, it was known as Green Label back then, but they didn't. They put Green Label on the Green Label. Yeah, they put they put Green Label on it in two thousand and four. So oh, um, research. There's another one, and again, pure malt. Yeah. If you're looking, there's other ones that are kind of older bottles. Uh, sorry, younger bottles. Which are still say the art of pure malt on them, and I think they're from. They're certainly from the two thousands. I don't know when they, when did they change pure pure malt. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Right. So, but those ones are good as well. And some days in the 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 box of these, if you get them, the green box, and in the back of the box, it's got like four distilleries: like Talisker, uh, Kalila, etc. And what I noticed about the older bottles is when you first open it, you get a real smack of peat, which is and a bit of depth of flavour. Now it's not the most complex whiskey, but uh, if you compare these ones to more modern ones, it's night and day. So good, it's timely. I just I just scrubbed through because I, I I don't watch the whiskey tribe stuff quite as much and not as thoroughly. But I scrubbed through. They just recently did a I think a vertical on the Johnny Walkers, and it was interesting to see the blues. The blue were really low. I think the red, for some bizarre reason, was higher up. 
Wow. But yeah, I think it was the 15 and the platinum, I think, were in the top top echelon. I would agree the 15, I think, is the one I would be buying. Yeah. Well, having yeah. said that, I've got a 15 behind me just now, and it's not good at all. Oh. Yeah, just it's just flat. It's just really flat. I find it quite uh, a kind of saccharine note on the finish of the more recent bottles, which is quite off-putting for me. And that's why I wanted to get some from auction just to just to try them and see. But mm. it's really interesting comparing them, like it is with any different era of whiskey. But what auction, what auction site did you get? What auction site were you using? I got it from Scotch Whiskey Auctions. Okay. It was like okay. you know, I say people, whether or not it's the market, sometimes these blends are just forgotten about, and you can't pick them up for for good prices. You know, um, so always worth a, a wee scan if you're looking for something a wee bit older. Nice uh, older blends. One, one of the recent chats that's been going around and it's, it's quite. You know, it's quite something to think about is that the boom in single malts recently has meant that there's a strain on pretty low stocks from the 90s and the 2000s, right? When when they hadn't ramped up their capacity, they were still in the doldrums a wee bit, took them a while to switch things up, on and catch up. So that, you know, we're kind of, we're, we're still in that situation now, we're not fully out of it. And it means that a lot of the best malt is probably not going into blends. Right, it just mm-hmm. makes sense. It makes sense that if if it's more uh, appealing, if there's more profit to be made by these good casks, this good quality malt, whatever it may be, being sold as a single malt through, in the case of Diageo special releases or whatever it may be, then they're going to go that route. Obviously, Primo and Ultima. Let's think think about the stuff that's going to be there. Mm. So there's not a lot of the really. I, I'm not saying that this is fact. I'm just something to think about. It makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, Stefan at the Glasgow Whiskey Club has talked about this a few times that it just makes sense that the there's less good malt making it into these blends today, contemporary mm-hmm. blends. Yeah. I wonder what what the companies would would say to kind of uh, address that. Mm. Well, again, it's interesting. I mean, I don't want to yeah, keep hogging this, but like the fact that they used to put four of the main distilleries from the Johnny Walker fifteen, and then there's a little bit of transparency there and now. That's 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 gone. gone. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, right. But, uh, but no, an interest, I, I, I took a punt on it. I thought it would be pretty decent. And apart from the cork, dis- cork disintegrating, ah. I tried to open it. it's been a yeah. good experience all around. Gordon, I'll jump to you because I know you've dabbled in auctions mm-hmm. recently as well. Maybe share any revelations on your purchases there, but also what you're what you're drinking. Well, um, I'll start with what I'm drinking. Um, Dingle Single Malt. Batch six from Hamish. He sent me the pork cask. I think he just reviewed it on Dramface, so he sent me a wee sample of that. Nice. Um, and that's the calibrator, as Gregor says. And then I'm on to some geary after that. <laughs> um, in terms of tips, uh, so I, I've been angling for a lot of geary at the minute. And one tip I had was that sometimes the auction sites misspell Glen Geary and they don't put a space in between it. So it's Glen Geary, one word. And I've managed to snag a few under the radar that way. Oh, that's nice. cool. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. That's fantastic. Yeah. How, long, how long do you want us to keep that out of the podcast for? <laughs> it's out now. <laughs> it's out now. Um, but I think for me, you know, I went out for um, one of my pieces. I went to auction quite heavily to try and secure all these older bottlings for this big mass review. And the one I can never get is the inaugural bottling. But all other ones are pretty easy to get. I guess it's just finding the things that are not in vogue. Mm-hmm. Um, avoid Springbank like the plague. 
and yeah, I don't know, just find diff- maybe indies are a lot easier to get as well than official bottlings. I remember back in the day, I, I used to do it by price. I used to start with the cheapest, and I, so you'd go through pages, reams and reams and reams of miniatures, <laughs> and then Bell's Decanters, when they when they used to accept Bell's Decanters back in the day, yeah. they don't anymore, and, and then you'd get past all of that, and you'd get into the crunchy stuff. And then it stopped for a while because, I mean, literally, you could pick up a bottle for 12 or 15 pounds, and I think that a lot of times that that, that means you're buying it cheaper than the minimum unit pricing mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so that changed a wee bit as well. But it's maybe it's been a while since I bought anything at auction. But I don't know if that's still a tactic. I do I do a lot of last minute sniping as well. You like mm-hmm. at the death, you know, because the auction sites extend by I think it's two minutes. So whoever places the last bid on anything, the auction then extends two minutes for everybody. Yes. So if you come in, it, it says I, I finish after seven C, but it's usually about midnight that things start yeah. kind of tapering off. Mm. So at midnight, just before you go into bed, sneak in for the kind of sort it by price, and if there's anything <laughs> there that you think you can just sneak in at the end, you can get it usually. Hey, look at all oh, these tips. Oh. They, these are golden nuggets. <laughs> I mean, I they are things that do not make you popular. <laughs> but yeah, that's what it is. Sniping. But then, but then that turns golden then, tips. Well, that turns into an article, and that benefits all. So I would say that it is yes. in a roundabout way for the good of all. I like. Well, it's like one. eBay. It's like eBay, f- but for whiskey. Aye. Well, I yeah. think um, bring a trailer's the same. The car, the vintage car site. I think they'll keep extending. Mm-hmm. I was, I was in, a, I was in a conversation with um, Mark Broda from the Four Dummies, and he's heavily on the auction sites. But he was saying that there's there's a couple of nuances between some of the sites. And yeah, the I think S the the the, the one you were mentioning, it will extend only that um, lot. He uh. said that there's there's one auction site that if anyone is close to the time it extends the entire auction out and he says he's he's kind of held at ransom waiting for the for the others to finish i thought that was an anomaly there's one been going since 2018 it's not finished (laughs) (laughs) it's like chess the chess of auctions that's funny uh rob what's what's in the glass uh, nothing uh, yet, but I've got a sample here as well from Jeff Whiskey. Uh, I'm heading to North Wales next week for Easter, and I thought I'd get myself uh, reacquainted back with Penderian. Cool. Um, yeah. So I've got a sample of the Rich Oak at the minute, but last time I was there, I picked up the, the Penderian Club Bottling. It's a cast strength Madeira finished, mm-hmm. and that's 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 really nice. You know, I, I've I've not I've yet to be able to to jive with a lot of Penderin, and I'll share a funny one. I was at my my local Scotch bar, Scotch Lodge in Portland. It's great, and um, the guy the, the guy that was sitting me, he knew that there was a couple of ambassadors in, and sat me next to them. I don't know that he told me that they were ambassadors. And anyway, as we we get chatting, and. Uh, I happened to mention my disdain for Pender, and it turns out that was one of the, <laughs> one of the brands in the guy's portfolio. And it, it, it kind of worked out though, because he says, "Oh, I'll, I'll sort that." And he went and got some. I can't remember what it was. I think it was a single cask, and a, maybe an older stock, and it was pretty good. But maybe report back ex- how that goes. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited to go back again. They've, um, I went to it first. It's in Landudno, so it's the the, the doing exclusively peated uh, spirit. So a bit different from what they normally do. They do have a the classic uh, buy a quarter caster and Lafroig and finish it uh, bottling, but to, to do a fully peated maturation, I think that's that's um, peated spirit. Sorry, that's pretty exciting. 
But mm. um, but going off the back of what you're saying, Gregor, uh, I did try the an X Ry Penderin Penderin, and it's uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Mm. Even though it is a oh, devil's ring. I'll, 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 I'll hold my tongue. Eh? Nah, I mean, Rassi use rye at casks. Yeah. So much like bourbon only exists to kind of strip the wood and give it to us, uh, maybe rye just exists for, <laughs> for Rassi and Fenderin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> We're all entitled to our opinions. Absolutely. Roy, Roy what's, what's, what's in your glass? Actually, I've been chatting so long I've finished it. I'll pour another wee glass. <laughs> um, I've got another, like Scotty, I've got a blended malt here. But this is one, uh, I've been going to pull the trigger on this since it came out. It's out about a month now, I think. Uh, Loch Lomond Group released three blended malts. And they sent us through some samples for uh, uh, one of the guys at uh, Dramface to, to review it. But it was such a a really poor wee dribble that came in these sachets, you know, that it didn't come in glass or wee bottles, it was came in wee plastic sachets. So the problem was is that they opened them up to try them a wee bit, then they had to go and eat. And then, you know, it's not like you can just pour a wee bit out of a... You have to pour the lot if you're pouring it out of a wee silly sachet. Um, and what was really frustrating, I think, for them was that despite these wee three tiny sachets, the box that came was the size of a shoe box. So it was all just kind of fluff, and and I said, "Don't worry, relax, enjoy what you can out of it." And and I'm going to buy the bottles, and when I buy them, I'll send you down uh, some. So I've got a Noble Rebel blended malt here uh, from Loch Lomond Group. This one I'm drinking just now. This is my second glass now. Orchard Outburst, forty six percent. The specs on the bottle are great. It's all natural, mm-hmm. uh, non chill filtered. Um, no age statement. Uh, you don't really need that these days when the whiskey tastes good. And this, I can, I'm pleased to report that this one does taste very good. Um, so it's a very natural product, uh, and I think they've brought it out at the perfect price point, thirty nine and change mm. um, across the range. Uh, they've got a peated one that's finished in Rioja called Smoke Symphony, and they've got a hazelnut harmony as well. So they're covering uh, three of the, pl- the, f- the flavor profiles, if you like. I've yet to try the other two and spend any time with them, but this wee Orchard Outburst is going down a treat. Scotty, I think this is the one that you would like because hey, I'm suspicious that there's a wee bit of Chardonnay yeast Loch Lomond in here as well. So I Just believe a nice little bit of fizz. I believe that there is. I also tried that at the Glasgow Whiskey Festival back in November, but mm. it was just, you know, it's like a, a festival trying something. You don't really get a, a, a proper chance to analyse it. But yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I'm not not pulled the trigger on it yet, but I think I might do. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I think we've got an article, I think we got a news article in Dramface when they when they launched. I think it, where yeah. we talk about it talks about Chardonnay uh, at some point in the in the mix. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think I think you and I. Um, I don't know how everyone feels about it, but you and I are over the blended. I know that you love Orchard House. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know that you've just you've just offered up a Johnny Walker a pure malt, a blended malt there. So I know we're over it. We we don't need to, that that hook to, to an individual distillery. Mm-hmm. Um, we still love our single malts, of course. But of um, course, yeah. I'm I'm more and more likely to explore the value proposition that's coming from blended malts right now, yeah, especially if it's good quality stuff. Definitely, yeah. It is really good. When you stuff when as you well. say get try- when you say sorry when you say get over, you mean get over the hurdle or get over the stigma of of a blend of what a blend used to be? The, no. Past the, the the B word, you know that that blended, the fact that oh you're, you're drinking a blend, you know well it is a blend. It's 
it's, it's still malt whiskey. Um, it's just that we can't really, you know, we like that surgical experience. We, we, we like that kind of laser focused sipping from that very specific geographical location that a single malt gives us, right? We like to get our head around the style or if there's a house style or, or a distillery character, whatever that is. We like to do all of these things. We like to know that it's a single malt and know what we're drinking. So for a lot of people, and it was certainly like this for me back in the day, that to drink a blended malt, it's like, oh, well, that's just drinking whiskey. It's just whiskey made to a profile, made to a specification. Until you work out that the single malts that you're drinking, 9.9 times out of 10, is the exact same thing. It's made to specification. And just the barrels are selected from different parts of the warehouse, different ages, vintages, different wood types, and as opposed to a blended malt doing the exact same thing, just but using uh, different distilleries. So uh, it's, in recent years, I've become much more warm and open to blended malts and really quite enjoying them. Yeah, I guess for me it was Compass Box that kind of opened my eyes a wee bit to not just blended malts, but just blends in general. Some of their core range and then just diving a bit deeper into some of their limited edition bottles. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, they're always good fun to, to try if you can as well. I think with the Compass Box, I mean, that was my kind of intro into like good quality blends, but it also introduced me to a lot of blend fodder. And kind of digging into their PDFs and seeing what is in the recipe, and yeah. finding uh, characteristics of certain of that certain of their bottlings in the single malts as well. So that was Try to pick out too. the waxiness of Klein Leash or the grassiness of a exactly a or whatever it may be. I, mm. Yeah, you know, it yeah. might be a bit. It might be a bit too commercial. I'm still enamoured by. Um, I think they've changed the name again, but uh, the na- naked malt, naked naked grouse. Yeah, um, yeah. For the for the price and for what it is, I opened it the one of the Christmases I was back, and it, it didn't leave me wanting for much else. I was happy just smashing yep. into that bottle. It was. Tell a, me this, Gregor, are one. you getting that in the states? At a, is it forty three over there, or is uh, it, it's forty over was, here? But I'm not sure if it's. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, somebody goes to the American market, gets some of these blends. At, um, I think Monkey Shoulders forty three, isn't it? Where it's only 40, 40 over here. So I wonder if that make, makes a wee difference. Wait, isn't, that, yeah. isn't that starting to slow down now in American market? Having a, it has to be forty three or it has to be seven fifty. No, the oh, no it's, it's never, it's never had to be for forty three. Uh, it's 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 forty, but forty three is, is 40, always. It is forty three here. Sorry. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting, though, well, Gregor. I mean, it's I know it's only three percent of a difference, but it you know that can make a wee, should make a wee lift it slightly anyway. You know. Oh, absolutely, no doubt. Sure. Yeah. Beam Centauri, uh, Edrington. Quite a few others. Is it just export strength? Export strength has always been 43, uh, 40 for domestic. It's a bit of a frustration. <laughs> but I guess the yeah, 70 bottles, ones. The yeah. bottles now are, are going to the States now, aren't they? Yep. They're starting to creep in now more. It's. I have to say, I still, and to be fair, I, I am on a no new bottle ban self-imposed for a year so i haven't really been chasing but if i'm honest i still don't feel like the us has replenished its shelves and it does feel a little barren anyway so Mm -hmm. i haven't seen the benefit of these 700 bottles maybe the listeners can say otherwise but no and much to be fair i also haven't seen as much ibs over here i still sort of lick my lips at all the stuff that you guys get um, it's not quite as prevalent here. And obviously, I understand it, right? IBs are probably going to be smaller numbers anyway. You're going to focus your efforts. Mm. But, well, I uh, guess if you want one of these bottles, Gregor, 
We can pick them up for you. That still doesn't put a dent in your no buying thing. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag enabling. I think I've still got some whiskey dollars in somebody else's account somewhere in the world. I think it was Chris Brown who's like, technically I still owe you. So if you want me to get something, I think it was a Rassi. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to track down a Rassi inaugural because I want to reconnect with that because that kind of blew me away. But no, I'm and, and that way, and that way, if Chris does that for you, you're not breaking your ban. Yeah. yeah, because that money's out the door already. Right. I've not spent it's it. Already it's already gone. gone. Mm. It's gone. So that's that's a wee safety net for you, Gregor. Full, full we're, into, we're into the no, end of March. We're at the end of March. That's three months, right? Aye. Is this your year, right? It's a, yeah. So you're a, you're at what a quarter of the way through the year. Yeah. But can we agree though? How many bottles have you bought? Can we, well, I look at you. Well, you know the answer. Can we agree if it was a membership bottle? <laughs> that's an exception because it defeats the purpose in membership if i and it's only once a year i bought the the adelphi or the, uh, the adventurers bottle from arden Merkin. Uh, so i did buy that so i'll let you decide i'll let you decide that's well that's permissible i, I, don't I have know. to say i have to say it, it it's easier than i thought Turning that, turning that voice off. Of course, it's a lot easier mm. when you're sat with like 250 or 300 bottles. That's easy to turn off. But as time goes by, it's definitely easier to turn off. And I, and I am enjoying what I've got more. I'm opening mm. new bottles yeah. more, which I think is the positive. I'm doing exactly the same, yeah. Gregor. I've bought, mm. I think, two bottles from retail this year. I've bought a few, couple from auction as well, but, you know, from retail. And, you, and for me... I would be buying two, maybe three bottles mm. a month, and but I've been seeing things and just thinking, nah, I, you know, I quite fancy it, but I don't really need it, and so yeah. I've been drinking through my stash and having mm. a bit of fun with that as well. I've been just chasing auction, uh, I like um, bargains. That's yeah. kind of like my, my my ceiling, really. Yeah. Well, here's a question. Here's a question to that then, because it seems like we're a lot of us are in a similar place. What's the primary driving motivation for that? Is it the price is going up or is it just the fact that you've got so much anyway in, in the bunker? I think it's a bit of a, a, a bit of both, Gregor. Mm. I mean, for me, I guess you guilty of, I'm guilty of buying bottles and then putting them in the stash and then suddenly years go by, seven, eight years, and you're like, Christ, I never touched that bottle. <laughs> yeah. But there's always something new to replace it. And um, I touched on this before on, on uh, Roy's channel. You, you have plans for bottles and they never get, they still never get open because there's, you know, new bottles come in and replace them. But the price as well, yeah, I mean, the price is, is going crazy for some things, but, you know, you know we've spoken before about the, there's still value to be found. But for me, looking at things that I used to want to be excited about online, I'm thinking, nah, I just don't, I don't know if it's a, it's just a, a bit of a fatigue, I'm, I'm not sure. But I've really been enjoying digging back through all those bottles, which I bought to drink anyway. And I guess I just thought, I don't, I'm never going to get a chance to, if I keep buying, I'm never going to get a chance to drink the ones that I've, I've bought and I bought them to enjoy. So, yeah. mm. but the price is certainly a factor as well. Yeah. For me, it's more, I've started, instead of like, I've tried to hone in more in what I like, instead of just being like a magpie and being like, oh, mm. I want a bit of everything. Yeah. I've seemed to just settle on a few kind of home bases and just like rinse it. And more often than not, there's not many, much choice. So I'll go to auctions, and even then, there's not always going to be a bottle available in auction. So yeah, at the minute, I've kind of settled in Glen Scotia, IBs, and trying to find more, like, I picked up uh, the Master of Malt, eight-year-old. and oh, uh, I saw that, yeah. That, was, that, that, was, that was actually, so it's labelled as Campbelltown, but I spoke to Michael 
uh, uh, November last year, and he he confirmed to say it was all Glen Scotia, and it was a really good price. And it was a uh, yes. Yeah, so that's kind of like my lane to kind of like limit myself in purchases. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's different. I, I get, I've got a great excuse. A bottle ban for me <laughs> means that I can't create content, right? <laughs> and and also, you you know, if you're going to critique things generally, you have to have a pretty, you have to have your kind of finger on the pulse of what what you're critiquing critiquing it against. Um, you know, comparing it to its peers or whatever else is mm-hmm. on the shelf. So I'm I'm just kind of picking things up. But what I'm finding is that when I speak to people out there in the world, what they're already, you know, you know, we've got folk like Gordon there who's just kind of tearing his way through things, and he's, but he's been very focused on it. I don't think he's scattergunning quite as much as he was at the start. Um, but I think most people are, are in the same boat. They're looking for the good value things. Twitter is full of it, you know. If you go into Whiskey Twitter, when somebody finds a good value product, it's lighting up and people are sharing it and talking about it and things. No, I don't, I really just don't, maybe it's because of the community, the company that I keep, um, the, you know, the, the, there's nobody raving about these these bling bottles anymore. I mean, five, eight years ago on Instagram, it was full of these shiny bottles that, that were within reach, honestly. They, you know, mm-hmm. they were... But now most of the shiny bling bottles are well out of reach, so we've just disconnected. They're just ugh, they can, somebody else can buy those. Yeah. So I think I think the focus, even with my content and even with my bottle buying habits, the focus remains on things that bring value. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it just kind of makes sense for me for when the folk that I drink whiskey with, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the price is always going to be a consideration, and it's always going to be going up. Uh, I th- I don't even think we've seen the we've seen the start of it, but not. Mm. The end is going to just be, I think, crazy this year as we mm. get deeper into the end of the year. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I, I still think I'm quite young in the, in my journey, but I suppose what five years, six years, it, you start to see things, and it's quite interesting now to watch the bottles that you at one point could afford or would go for, reach for, to see them start to drift away is quite something on our journey, right? It's then you start to realise, okay. I'm, I'm maybe on chapter two of my journey because you watch these bottles just go off into the distance. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. It's a funny one. Gordon, yep. do you, uh, it's funny you were saying about um, Gordon not being quite as uh, scattergun. Mm. Do you do you sit on a throne of, of Arden Merkin and then just just <laughs> dance, dance out, go, no, nah, that's not right, and then jump back onto your throne? Yeah, you've nailed it. <laughs> I, I think I think I you know I've came into whiskey at the point at which it's kind of on the real upwards trajectory of popularity and the prices you know when I came into this Glen Scotia 25 was 200 quid and so now you know you see the the, the, the scale of price increases you know, so when I came into this, I was I was scargun because I, I wanted everything. You know, just I, this is all new to me, and I want to try the full spectrum from that side to that side. And then I got involved in Dramface, and that's when I started to review all these things that I'd bought. And once I'd done that, my focus started converging. And then I found Arda Murkin, and it just blew it all to bits because I'm I just love that whiskey so much. <laughs> That I'm, I'd, I'm kind of like you say, I'll, I'll venture out now and again, and try stuff like Glengarry or Glenrothes or whatever it is, but then I come back and I go, yeah, 
it's just as I remember it, you know, it, it, something about that distillate, it just resonates with me. And I just, I, I, I guess everybody has that, don't they? When they come to whiskey, they go, that just suits me. Glengarry's coming close. But every time I come back to Ardenmarkin, I just I'm reminded of just how suited it is to me. Yeah, I think we were speaking speaking about before Gordon about when the you find a distillery, you find a bottle which just just clicks. Yeah, and that just sends you in a rabbit down a rabbit hole of trying to find not only that maybe that bottle again, but something different from the same distillery. Yes, and you all hunt and then so you end up with like seventy five bottles of Longmorn just trying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that's, part of the, that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's just discovering yeah. flavours and, and I'd stuff. do that. I'd, so I did that with Ardnamurkin. You know, I wanted to try all of the Ardnamurkins from both OB and IB. And then I went to Campbelltown last year and I did the, the Carden Heads warehouse tasting. And this was, I think it was five, five or six that you get in the flight. And then, so one of the people on our tour were all standing behind these big casks with your one glass in the middle. And the guy went, you got anything else? And the guy was like, okay. So we went into his bag and he got out this other bottle. It was a Kulila, whatever it was. But from that point, I thought, I wrote about it just recently that I have this way of, if something's really good, then I attack that thing, whether it's an independent bottler or it's a distillery. So if it's an independent bottler, I just assume that everything that they bottle is going to be as good. <laughs> and so I end up with five or six or seven bottles of Cadenhead's Warehouse tasting bottles of different distilleries. <laughs> and I guess that's how I find new things. It, I did it with Alistair Walker's Infrequent Flyers. I got one bottle, I thought, that's really good. I got another bottle, that, that's also good. And then that, that's it, I'm, I'm off. Mm. Um, so that's how I kind of approach it. And But this year, I'm like Gregor, I've not bought very much. Apart from Arden working, <clears throat> but that's it. You know, I, I, I'm I'm on the kind of the laser focused fishing rod. I want that fish. I don't want all the fish. I just want that one. Yeah, and that's how I'm starting to approach it. It's going to be interesting to see how that evolves as well, Gordon. Because even if Arden Markham was to release something every every six weeks or something like that, I don't think there's enough there maybe to hold your attention. Um, mm. It's going to be interesting to see where you go from here and whether you find other distilleries to treat the same way or whether you start to open your net and do a wee bit of scattergunning for a while, uh, you know, a year or two down the road from the last episode of that. But for me, it has always been a wee bit cyclical. And, you know, obviously creating content around whiskey means that you do just generally buy a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But before mm-hmm. I was doing that, you know, I was, I was very similar. I was just picking my favourites and trying to really do deep dives and understand it a bit more. But that was back at a time where there were very, the only distillery off the radar in terms of price and availability back then was McAllen. You could mm-hmm. get Springbank, you know, if you wanted to to deep dive Lagavulin. Scotty, you'll remember the days that we could buy mature Lagavulin at cast strength at a reasonably good price at bottled by yep. Diageo, right? Yeah, it was, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a cheap whiskey, come on. But, you know, the 12-year-old was, the cast strength was probably 70 quid bottle, something like that. But... You know, those are the days that Gordon doesn't like us talking about, right? Mm. <laughs> I'll say in days of, <laughs> you know, but it's we, but, but we were able, we had the luxury of doing that. What's happened now is when you when you go, uh, that your choice is completely shifted. It's different. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to do the deep dives on the same kind of whiskies back then. So it's just changed a wee bit. It's just moved on. 
Uh, so I'm going to be interested to see where you're next. Uh, hopefully I can read about it <laughs> or no, hear about it. It's easy, I think it's easy to excuse the cost of whiskey if it's great. You know, if it, if you drink it and you go, wow, that's that's good, then the 60 or 70 quid or 40 to 70 quid that my budget kind of lands in, you can justify it away. But when you get a shunker, it immediately becomes like, wow, that's 70 quid. And you start realizing actually that's quite a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so if you have two or three shunkers in a row, then suddenly it's like, well, I can't even stop doing this because I've now got 600 milliliters of shunker still to go. Mm-hmm. And there's only so many infinity bottles that you can make up. So okay. it becomes a, it becomes an actual fiscal problem. You're like, well, I can't keep doing that. So how do I start? You become a bit analytical about it. How do I use my budget well? And so yeah. you do start cherry picking a bit more just because you don't want the risk of a shunker. But I guess it's it's chicken and egg because the more you drink whiskey, the more you can focus in that energy because you know what you're looking for. Whereas at the start, you don't know what you're looking for. So you're trying everything. Yeah. You're trying all of the different cast types and strengths and different distilleries because you don't know what you like. And then when you start finding things, I mean, I'm... I am focused on Ardenmarkin, but I'm also really into Glengarry at the minute. I'm starting to get quite attached to Independent Highland Park, which yeah. which started off with the Cardenheads Warehouse tasting. We had an Orkney, yeah, that's really good. And then I had another Independent bottle, and I thought that's that's also really good. So I guess it's it's the confirmation that then starts me going down a path. If I have one or two or three experiences that I really like of a certain distillery. Right, I'm going to start focusing on that, but it only takes one for me to go right. Forget that. I'm no. That's mm-hmm. not going to that. Yeah. Next. Yeah, yeah. Half half the listeners have gone off and, and googled shunker. I know that's that's the new word. Oh, sorry about that. No worries. A good a good segue though would be that there is a little Ardner Merkin avatar in the comments. Your da sells whiskey on mm-hmm. an article yes. in in um, on Dramface. Who comments? How very fine indeed in relation to one year. Uh, well done to everyone involved, and here's to many more years of integrity, depth, and sheer unabashed geekery. I thought Doc Martin was spot on when he said, fantastic first year dram face has really helped me along on my journey. Congratulations, gang, on one year. It's a one year and a month, I guess, now, because it was February, yeah. middle of February. Congratulations, team, on a fantastic first year. Looking back, how's it gone? No but- bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I, yeah, so I, I would just I would say that it's uh, it's been a, a a a brilliant experience to see see it kind of grow from that wee seed and to see what it's becoming. I think it's really opened my eyes as well to different viewpoints. You know, Gordon's just been talking about zoning in on a certain and a certain style or a certain distillery, and I'm I'm like that. But you can get in a rut. And reading some of the reviews um, on Dramface um, has made me go in different directions, which I would not normally have done. And I'm starting to trust some of the the, the palettes of not not trust the wrong word, but follow yeah, the no, palettes of some it. of yeah. the writers, you know, um, yeah. and, and go down pathways I wouldn't have done before. But uh, yeah, so I think it's been it's been it's been great to see how it flour- it's been flourishing, to see the diversity of writers we've got, and just to get this. There's an enthusiasm there which comes through in the writing, which is just brilliant, you know. Uh, yeah. We always say yeah. whiskey should be fun, 
and I think the, the writing's kept it fun as well. There's a lot of information there. But no, it's been fantastic, I think, just to see it from those first few posts to what it is now. And of course, this lovely podcast as well has been good fun. Yeah, yeah. We, we, the the podcast, podcast has definitely been a bonus, but um, we never imagined how in demand a podcast would be, right? But we live in those times that podcasts are a thing. For me, the, the, the things I need to say, and, it, and it's kind of like we had the gathering, we all got together for the one year thing. We had a bit of a session that went on to the stupid hours of the morning, but it was really good fun. It's really laid back. But for me, there's two things that, that, that I've been pondering in the weeks since that, since we kind of, the dust has settled after the one year thing. Balance and this kind of, the only word I, I can I can use is to describe it as organic, you know. And, and it's not on purpose. Now, you know, the, we talked at length on that session when we all got together. People were asking, do we need to do more of this? Wouldn't it be a good, good, good idea if we did that? What about if we did this? And they were all great, positive suggestions and ideas. But really what I want to do is just, if you have those ideas, just go and do them. You know, just go off and just do it. And just, I don't want if anything to be forced. And people were saying, well, you know, the stats are telling us that people are reading Scotch. And I was like, oh, of course the stats are going to tell us that because guess what? We're sharing Scotch. So we're going to attract a Scotch-loving audience. And, you know, so they're saying, oh, should, should we focus? No, no, just write what you want to write about. There's no guidelines. Nothing is forced. And what's weird about that kind of organic, just letting people do what they want to do, it, they automatically self-adjust and bring a balance. And because I, I talked about, you know, there's a few guys, you know, Canadians and Americans and all over the place and people that like more than Scotch and Irish, they like bourbon too. And then suddenly in the six weeks since the one year, so it's just been flooded with bourbon reviews, right? They're all like, yeah, well, it's okay. We don't need to write about Scotch and write about anything. We can put in our bourbon reviews things. So you just let it take care of itself. Now, it's we're not going to get the same amount of views or interaction on a bourbon review because we've spent a year focusing on Scotch. So if we, we just let the balance correct itself, just let this organic thing happen. And then some bourbon fans will say, oh, Dramface, they like to put out an occasional bourbon review and we'll attract some of them. And we'll gradually build that organic growth on the bourbon side and other world whiskies and things. So it's just leaving it and trying to harness what you talked about, Scott, that nice positivity. Just let it, with no rules, the less rules that we can have, right, the less demands that we can have, I think that's going to be the... The way and to also, and encourage people just to do what they want to do. Yeah, and also I think it, it it's parallel to what we're talking about before at the start of the podcast about why it's been a bit of a delay in recording podcasts. And it, there's an enthusiasm. You want to do it when you're enthused, right? You don't want it to be forced. So people want to write about bourbon if they if they're drinking something that's engaged them for good or bad. It's made them sit up and take notice. Then, yeah, that's it's, it's all about writing. It's not about forcing. People try to write what you want, when you want to write it, you know. And I think, uh, so the will, you're right, balance will come in. There'll be a few more Irish whiskey reviews and stuff like that. You know, it will it will come. But it's also a good, we've built quite a considerable database of reviews in, in just a year and a bit, you know. There's plenty do you know, how, do you know to, how many whiskies, we've reviewed so many whiskies, that some of us are making the mistake of reviewing the same whiskey again. <laughs> can how I just to say, how to say you're middle aged without saying you're middle aged? <laughs> but can I just mention that even that is okay too? It's it is, it's yeah. absolutely fine. What? Oh no, you've already reviewed that. So what? 
You know, it's, it's like it just doesn't matter if you've got if you've got a good angle to take on it. If you've got things to share, if you've got something to talk about, I guarantee it would become odd if the same writer reviewed the same thing again, right? That I mean, even it's then, it's permissible, but it, yeah. that's, it's, that would be odd. But it's caveated by batch variation or you know years, etc. You know, vintages or whatever, you know, so it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was great. It, it was great listening in on the, I, I kind of eavesdropped in on the, there was an unofficial uh, Ramface online party, right? Yeah. Where you were celebrating the year. And it, I, I particularly appreciated the, the sentiment that, much like Scott was saying, there's no pressure for people to over contribute or, you know, it was all driven from passion. And, it, and I think that comes through in the content and and i think that's where it's the most valuable is it is coming from essentially the community as well right it's a community yeah. of passionate writers that's right that's right and and what's the worst that can happen that we run out of content you know now as long as i've been editor we've kind of been running with a headspace of a, at least a couple of weeks worth of articles right mm-hmm. and so you that's never been a, a specter it's never been an issue but if we had if we have to suddenly go to a 3 day week <laughs> you know it's that's as bad as it's going to get. Now we do have a thing where we are getting people supporting us monthly and things, but we have never committed to say, look, we will give you this many reviews. We're just going to try and put as many together as possible. And what what will happen if if that starts to decay? That two week headspace, three week headspace. If that starts to, to decay, then it opens up a space for another writer. That's all that happens. That's you. You just try to harness the passion from people that have got have got interesting things to say or. And it, you don't have to be a geek or an expert. You you just have to be passionate. That's yeah. all we want to do because there's something for everybody. If you literally sit and write your first ever whiskey notes and your first ever whiskey review, that's every bit as valuable as to somebody that's been doing it for 20 years. Because mm. so much of the whiskey content out there, and I am a huge, huge offender in this sin, is pointed at whiskey folk. I think we're forgetting the folk that are coming in today, the folk that have arrived during lockdown, you know, I think we're forgetting those people that are just very, very early on that kind of that curve that Gordon talked about. You know, they're they're still may, they're maybe not intimidated by it, but they're finding it all a wee bit confusing. Even in this podcast, we've been saying IBs and OBs. You know, you almost want to asterisk it and say independent mm-hmm. bottler and official bottling. Yeah, you know, just just remember that. So the more kind of, uh, we're just interested in anybody that can write with passion, regardless of where you are on the journey. And I was thinking about it. I can't think of another whiskey content space that does that at the minute. I might be wrong. There might be others out there that harness that very kind of the early days uh, out, you know, takes on things. But I can't think of it. If you can, by all means, correct me. But. I would also say, um, being from a newspaper and magazine background, it's just for me quite heartening to see people still want to engage with uh, the written content. You know, it's a lot There's of focus a... obviously in video these days, or, uh, audio like this. Yeah, But it's actually quite encouraging, heartening to me that people want to click on the a review and read it, you know, that the old-fashioned way kind of thing, you know, because media's just digested in different ways now. And it's just, for me, it's nice to see that people still have a, a passion to read or still want to log on every morning and read a review or a feature or a news story, you know. And digest it that way, um, but that's just me being old school. Well, I think Scott. I think we've. I think I was going to say we. I don't know if I can say we. You've nailed the formatting of the reviews because it does allow the skimmers to come in and out. 
you know, we talked about it. It does. You know, it is a year ago we were talking about the formatting and so on. But the there is you can dip in quick and in and out, and then if you want to read more for the score, that is, and yep. then when you want to read more, you you dive in. You know, and I'm guilty of. I kind of I'm pretty guilty of checking for a high score. I'll read more. I check for a low score. I'll read more. It's kind of my consumption style. But I think I think the formatting's nailed it, and and that's a good segue into the, that celebration chat. I remember. Rob, you you overhauled the look of the site for that one year, and I remember on the call there was one little bug left, and everyone was celebrating. And we're all <laughs> everyone was patting each other on the back. And Rob joined a few minutes late, and he was like, "I, I just had a few things to tidy up." I was like, "Rob, Rob, the, the roundel on those avatars is not working," <laughs> and then just watch his face go from a smile. Uh, to like, oh shit, and he went on mute, and I just saw him crunching away. <laughs> but you nailed it, Rob. Rob, how how are you feeling one year on after a quick refresh? I say quick after a bit of a visual overhaul. How are you feeling? It's what it's it's really wild to be honest. It's it's amazing. As I say, I was there quite early doors, <clears throat> just kind of laying the foundations with Roy and Jason and Scotty, trying to get like. Just something for other people to build upon, and then as I think I've said this before, but I, I sometimes take a step. I take a step back, and I'll come in there every now and again. But when I do come in, it's just incredible to see either like on social media, like the comments. I mean, in, introduce a new comment section. Just the 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 amount of people engaging with it and talking about it, and even and, and again the writers as well. It's just the the vast amount of content, and then different. Uh, perspectives as well it's 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 incredible it really is and then again uh recently doing the overhaul not an overhaul more just a facelift to kind of again improve on the the platform to make like our the writers uh, words sing and work better and reach a a bigger audience and i know we are very much of the slow and steady but i also want to on the site, make sure that everyone's content's being seen because there is so much content. I don't want any to kind of like bubble to the surface. I want it to all like, yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, what it's, we've noticed, we've noticed the social media. We should uh, shout out to Graham as well. The social yeah. media has been a lot more potent recently as well. It yeah. was just rather than me just poking about with occasional Twitter releases and things and uh, ignoring uh, other outlets. You know, Graham's doing it on. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and and that's really cool it's because everybody's so super busy, and every day we're dropping content. Every weekday, there's something going out, and there's there's a hell of a lot of work that goes behind that. There's the the time that the writers put into making that pulling article together. Then he's got to go off and he's got to take the photos and things, and he's got to be mindful that the photos he's taken maybe he's going to add something in to illustrate a certain point he's making and stuff. All of that comes in, you know, the photos are processed, the text, the copies processed, it then gets built up into the article, then it gets the sub-edit. And so before it even gets published, there's hours and hours and hours of work in every day. The only way that that can work is through that team effort, right? Then it gets yeah. released and then it's still ticking over. It's still like, you know, the comments are coming in and the, the, the author is going to answer on these comments, the social media sharing is getting done. All, you know, all of it is just, and that's happening every single day of of the working week. And it's just, I, if I did, if I'd have thought about that before I started it, it might have given me a fright 
it mm. might have stopped me from doing it. But now that it's done and we're working yep. it and I've found a way to fit it in, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with Scott and I, I'll testify to this, sometimes it's last minute. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just the way it's working, right? Life gets in the way. But I don't think we've let anyone down yet. We might have accidentally toggled it off or and, and released an article late or something, but we've not missed any. You, you, there is, there is someone you might have let down. Cask City Rockers was not a big fan of the name. <laughs> he says, the only thing I dislike, the name Dramface, which makes no sense. Is it yeah. a play on the old TV show titled Pramface? I remember I remember reading that. I remember reading that at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I don't even, I didn't even think about it. And it's it's interesting to get that that take on it. I mean, I, I'll, let me ask you, let me ask you all, what, what did you think of the name when you first heard it? And how do you feel about the name now? Has it not just become a name? Yeah, yeah. it has. It's uh, it's when you first mentioned it and you, and you explained your kind of thought behind the name, it kind of made sense. It's a bit left field as well, you know, the kind of pseudonym stuff. And um, but it's uh, it's funny how certain words or names of things you think are weird at first or a bit strange just yeah. suddenly become. I think it's a bit like when yeah. Nintendo named the Wii. You're like, you can't name it the Wii. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do you know what Wii means in Scotland, right? So, yeah. but now you're like, ah, the Nintendo Wii. Scotty, oh, Scotty. Wii if console. anyone, if anyone knows, if anyone knows what associations with the word Wii ah, <laughs> it would be someone McWee. that McWii. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I, it's funny. It, it definitely has a a Scotch or Scottish leaning, right? Dram. It's a Scottish yes. word. But I would say it is still pretty universal. I think I think most everybody, most whiskey drinkers know what a dram is, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I just want to apologise by the way. I think I've just uh, uh, compared, mentioned Nintendo and Dramface in the same sentence. You know, we're quite similar. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, well, so I so I mean, I remember I remember having to kind of because I've been in Brandon for a long time. And I know what it's like to approach a room with a new concept, something that's never been heard before, because there's a lot of emotion involved, especially if the the people who's who you're presenting a brand to own the company that you're going to brand or the product, <laughs> and they're they're really kind of emotionally invested in this thing. So you you always get people in the room that kind of like the suggestion, and then people that don't. But even the people that don't tend to come round after a wee while once they start actually holding it and touching it and playing with it for a while. And I remember when I was just, and I just pitched it by saying, look, we're just going to call it Project Dramface until we come up with a name. <laughs> and then it just, it just, you know, I ended up, there was a logo all of a sudden in order to just illustrate what it might look like and, and all of that stuff. And it was just like, so by the time that we launched, nobody ever had the discussion about what we were going to call it. And it launched as Dramface. I just, I don't, it's interesting the commenter there because I think it's fair enough. He's probably new to it, but hopefully if he sticks around for a wee while, It'll just become like it has been has become for us. Gordon, what about you? How do you feel about it as a name? As a name, I think it's great. It's just common parlance now, isn't it? It's just how it just slips into conversation. Um, but I definitely feel a, a belonging. You know, I, I came to this as an outsider, and I pitched to you and Jason an article, and that was my my entry point. And I was nervous about it because. I was an outsider. I am an outsider. You know, I, I I don't really get involved. I'm not part of any clubs, and so it's through Dramface that I have found a belonging in whiskey. And so when I go to things like the Fife Whiskey Festival and I meet up with all you guys, I feel like I know you through Dramface. And I don't think I've ever felt a belonging as 
potent as this. And I guess whiskey is all about community. But Dramface is my facility to do that. Yeah. Um, so I have I have real um, good vibes with Dramface and what it has given me personally. Well, I, that's really cool. That's really cool to hear. And that that means a lot, not just to us, I think, in this call, but I think anybody that's connected with it, anybody that's invested in Dramface, anybody that's behind it and realising that there is a community there and we are behind aliases. And some people might see that as a bit of a barrier, but hopefully, again, a bit like the, t- the title, the name, over time, you're going to work out that you're going to work out who's who. And even even at the point when you do work out who's who, you've probably already worked out by that time at Disney Matter mm. because you love, you know, Hamish just as much as who Hamish actually is. And you've you've been able to extend your friendships, your connections, and the whiskey community through Dramface as well. Mm-hmm. Not because necessarily you're a con- contributor like we are, but because you're a participant. It's really interesting to see the stats. The stats. Um, so if we get a, 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 a we, you know, an average article, we I would maybe target. Um, I don't think I'm, you know, telling tales at a school when I say I'm looking for fifteen hundred folk to read that, um, in a day. That's that's a decent article, you know. Some of some of there's like few articles out there that have just blown the doors off, like the Buna Haven one. Interestingly, the year celebration one, the Dalmore Twelve, super popular. But we still get, even when there's lots of comments, we rarely break one percent of engagement is going to comment. Right? It's just it's very very small, part- and we see the same on, on YouTube and everywhere else. Um, you know, the people that take the time to actually write and comment. Is, is is really is small and if there's anything I could wish to improve um, regardless of just the kind of incremental organic improvements that we're looking to make it would be that interaction to encourage people you know to, to build community in the site a wee bit more and that's Rob and I probably need to do a bit of work to come up with some inspiration how to help encourage that but I think that would be nice to harness mm-hmm. if there's 1500 reads happening we want we want the input because there's intelligence and the intelligence that's in there is helpful to everybody in the community that reads that article and then reads the comments afterwards. There's there's just gold out there. And if we can, YouTube is very good at mining it. YouTube is very good with comment section and things like that. Twitter is interesting as well. You'll get nine likes on a Twitter, uh, a tweet, right? And then you'll look at the stats and you'll realize that it sent 90 people to this, to the, I've clicked the link. Hmm. So it's like, it's, it's ridiculous. People click a link in Twitter and go off and read the article and maybe even interact with it, but they don't necessarily click, click the like on the tweet. Mm-hmm. So all these analytics are really, really quite interesting to see. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the interaction that's recorded really is a fraction of what's actually happening, which is interesting. I mean, much like Gordon's talking about the community of the of Dramface, I'm, I'm here as much for... The comments, quite genuinely, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. as much as I'm looking at um, high or, or low scores. I'm also judging or assessing by the interaction, and I'm reading through. And I, I think it's a testimony to the Dramface core community that, like much like you said, Roy, there's a lot of co-writer or uh, writers commenting, and there's a there's a dialogue yeah. in there. Yeah. It's it's almost like the the review is just the start of the conversation and then it continues after it. That's where it's super healthy. That's the best thing I think I could hope for, for one of my articles, because I'm, I'm putting out an article, not as a statement piece, 
but as a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. I want people to come in saying, well, if you've had that, then you'll like this. Or I tried that and I wasn't, I didn't get on with it. And so I tried, you know, I want people to tell me what they think because I'm interested. I'm always, it's like I'm, I'm bearing myself, not in that way, um, <laughs> so that I can get that feedback. Only jobs. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, I'll, if I've put out, uh, and I, like the, some of my articles don't get very many comments. And I feel a bit deflated by that because I want people to say, "Ah, oh, well, whatever." Um, whereas other articles get loads of comments. I'm in, I'm in happy landing. I'm back and forward, and it's great. So I, I agree. And it doesn't more. always make sense. It doesn't always fit with articles that you expect, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah. From my work point of view, like getting people to comment on things, it's quite tough. You know, people might just read the headline sometimes, or you know, just the the, the review score, and then just bounce off it onto something else. Yeah. Get people engaged in it. it. It doesn't. We've worked. We've done some articles. You think are going to do amazing, and they just fall flat. Yeah. Or you think it's going to do, something's going to spark debate, and it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's such a hard thing to nail down. But yeah, you're when you see comments and read the comments and stuff like that is great. I mean, anyone who reads it is engaged. You know, anyone who reads it, uh, a review, or a feature, or a news story, whatever, they're engaged in it. They're taking it in. But somebody's getting people to actually type something. Uh, is 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 quite a battle, you know. And we have to remember that a lot of folk are a wee bit shy, right? They don't yeah. maybe don't want to put them even under an alias. They just kind of don't want to put their their name or opinion mm-hmm. out there. I understand it. I do. I get it. We People do have like, the uh, the kind of reactions, though. I must admit, I'm I'm one of the probably shy commenters, uh, even though I do read the majority of the comments. I've read, I've read the article, but just to throw in like a little love heart or a smile or a laugh or something, I think that's quite satisfying like i've contributed something mm-hmm. for the conversation yeah. yeah aye that that would be i mean it'd be nice if we could encourage more of that because it's certainly the more that we encourage that the more it thrives the more the sites thrives and the more that the writers are motivated as gordon's you know admitted you know aye but i mean i think it, you know organic growth you know nice organic growth relationships balance and i think if i, I could pull out one other word and that would be consistency the consistency of quality the consistency of the you know the rhythmic dropping of the articles every morning we've done okay i think we've done well uh, yep. is, is the is the energy still in a tank to keep it going i would say i absolutely i picked up huge <laughs> energy when we all got together for the to celebrate the one year we've got a good strong team just now it's right at the perfect size you always you almost don't want to poke it too much in case it bursts right it's just kind of sit, it's sitting really nice it's ticking over it's just everything's running okay just now um there's let's a lot of effort the, goes into it. let's uh let's yeah. blow the doors off and do a a dram fest festival <laughs> dram fest. a dram face fest a dram yeah. well, i was gonna ask face have, fest. You, have face you, fest. you have you have any of you started to drop the word dram face into conversations at festivals or similar have, have do you feel you've started to get the recognition yet and if not what what would it get what would it take to get there i sorry i was at, i was at the leeds whiskey festival and i had my dram face baseball cap and there was a few pointed fingers and again similar similar thing of not many comments but at, there was people like oh i dropped the name dram face but not many people kind of like rushing, but it's it's nice to see that it, it does get recognised. Even as I said, I feel like it is quite a small circle. The Leeds uh, Whiskey Festival is in its second year, but yeah, mm. even like little things like that, it was quite 
quite We cool. need to start uh, sponsoring things. That's what we need to do. Sponsoring oh, yeah. festivals, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Have a wee table at a festival just with Dramface, just selling um, merch. That'd be wicked. Or, yeah. or, or you yeah. get 10 minutes with me just talking nonsense. Just <laughs> <laughs> if you bring Scott a dram, he'll talk to you for 10 minutes. <laughs> About anything you want. <laughs> just just not a sherry sherry finish though, right? No, I wouldn't have no sherry muck on my watch. <laughs> so if 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 you're if you're happy with a year looking back, what what do you think you would be happy looking forward to with another year of drum face? I, I'd be happy looking forward to me actually doing some reviews. That'd be good. Uh, a good place to start. Can't have written Scotty. Can't have written. But uh, I'd like to do more of that. Just that. As with the kind of theme of this thing's been kind of time and getting the time to start. You say that, Scotty, but I, you know I'm going to just I'm just going to blow some uh, you know wind up your skirt here because the amount of times that you've come in at the last minute and sub edited us out of danger, right? <laughs> because of something that's been said, because of some clumsy words, because of some sweary words, because of some <laughs> uh, uh, dubious use of images and things like that, and. You've just kind of kept our heads, uh, you know, just safely below the parapet for that kind of stuff. I so, I mean, so you so talk about time, but, but I, you know, I know, I know, I know the time it takes to build the articles up. Anybody that's doing this out there for for a blog space or whatever, they'll know the time that goes into it. So, the time that then for you to go over it again and kind of just comb through finally, and if you do one article, it doesn't take a lot. But that's not what happens, you know. You you don't do anything, and then you wait till the two nights or the night before. <laughs> you do. You have to do it all. So it does. It takes a hell of a lot of work. So, so I fresh my shift at midnight. You're like, uh, I mean, I, I would love to read more Scotty content, but I'm very, very uh, grateful of the amount of the sheer amount of hours that you've poured into the project, Bunny. So. I enjoy it, man. It's good. I think. But well, thank you very much. No, I do enjoy it. But yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to get my hand back into reviewing some stuff again. The problem Rob, is, Rob, we've got we've got all our great writers who are like get interesting stories to tell. I'm like, I'm sitting on my sofa drinking a bottle. I've got no angle <laughs> at all, apart from I like this whiskey. You know? yeah. oh, that's funny, Scott. I, you remind me of a. I was given it. We were given a, a presentation once at Adidas, and uh, we were all we we're in little teams, and I'm I'm often used as the. The, the comedic crutch and I remember I remember one of the other teams could hear what we were preparing and they realised that their presentation was very dry and they were, they were looking at each other going shit we need jokes guys we need something funny somebody come up with something funny anyway um, I was going to say Rob I think you and I are in a race to see who can get an article or or something submitted first it's been a year and, and uh, we don't say who's won. The alias goes out, and it's up for the community to decide if it's a Rob right. or a Gregor. <laughs> There'll be a few lines. Yeah, I think if it's I have to say, Scott, I have I have come to appreciate um, the the sort of preambles. I, I actually start to enjoy those almost as much, if not more, than the notes. Um, yes, it gives it colour. So. It gives it character. You know, it, oh no, and, some of the stories you know, have been just brilliant. And, and Some of them have to, been just brilliant. Are you alluded to, Greg? Some, you can skip that if you want to just check uh, out the score, you know. Well, some of them mirror this podcast and they, they meander and ramble forever and then you pull it together at the end. But yeah, I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I would same. just say, though, Guilty. we might not know if it's um, <laughs> Gregor or Rob, but I think whoever does the 
Uh, why I hate rye. I think we'll know who that is. <laughs> why rye is wrong. To write that, I would have to start drinking it. <laughs> now let me hold the door from Gregor on that one, and I'll the I'll write the uh, the rebuttal ah. in the in the pra- in the praise of rye. There you go. There's a good. And in the same sense, actually, uh, Scotty, I'll put the same out, and I'll I'll defend Sherry. We could do a collab, uh, Gregor. Defending there we Sherry are. against can, uh, can... Scotty. You can defend it all you want, but uh, you're wrong. So uh, it's all good. <laughs> but no, I think I think I speak for I think I speak for both the community and the team by by saying thank you to everybody uh, for for a tremendous year, for for all the content and I think much like Gordon was saying, the home that it's given so many actually I think is is probably its biggest accolade, whether it's the reviews or the podcasts, because I think I think we have found an audience across the board. And it's a healthier place for for Dramfy. So well done, everybody! All everyone, both both past and present, here, it's here. A tremendous, yep. tremendous. I'd like, I'd like to go one further than that as well, and a heartfelt thank to all thanks to all our members who pay. You know, they're three ninety nine a month for Dramface, and they don't really get much for that. It's just their belief and kind of independent, unsullied opinion. You know, they're and they believe in the site and they believe in what we're trying to achieve and things. They don't. They get the podcast a bit earlier, you know. They get odds and ends, but they don't really get much. Um, obviously, there's ways of working on that in the future, but but it's still the membership is growing. So yeah, thanks to you guys and, as well for for keeping the the lights yeah. on, as they say. And before we wrap up, I just want to obviously say thank you to to you, Gregor, for hosting this mm-hmm. podcast, uh, taking the time out. And I know it's not easy for you because your eight hours time difference from uh, from us over here, you know. So uh, and you know. I'm going to get a bit tear my, but you do a great job, man. So thank you very much for all you do, man. It's such a hardship to drink whiskey. (laughs) Technically, before I've eaten lunch, it's all (laughs) the things the things you do. No, I appreciate it, Scott. I hope I hope one day, Gregor, when you're over with us and you're you're doing the festival circuit or whatever it might be, I hope that you pick up on the vibe that we get. And one of the most common things that we get is that, "Hi, Gregor's good at that, isn't he? He's good." And it goes far to say that you know it's it's kind of hard for me to imagine a somebody who could do the the hosty thing better it's just it's it's worked it perfect so for as long as it's last it lasts <laughs> thank you <laughs> all good all good it's a pleasure well if we Before round we... off and tie oh no do we don't tie just, say, in the... just one more thing as a maybe a uh pie in the sky for the future to have a podcast live recording where we're all sat in the same room mm. would be incredible even oh, just yeah. an excuse to have Greg, Greg come back. I need an yeah. audio engineer for that. How do you isolate four mics? I've got no idea. You need a box, don't you? <laughs> uh, you well, you're not. There. It's not. You're not. You're not. Not the first to suggest that, Rob. Uh, Roy did, I think. Or well, maybe Roy was halfway. He was like, "Let's video. Let's do the full Buna one time. Maybe, maybe the end yeah. of year. It's a video and that. Then maybe we build up to a live. That would be fun." Well, I also thought that one of the things that we could do was would, we could do literally a live podcast on our YouTube channel mm. uh, just for special occasions and things. Right. And, and just kind of sit like this and then have a have live chat interacting with us. Yeah, and I think what well, might be, be quite brilliant. nice about that is, especially in the early days, it's not going to be like a VPUB or whatever where you've kind of got lots of people chatting. I think it would be quite a nice pace of chat maybe, certainly, to, to do it from time to time. So that might be fun too. 
Well, we've not. We're not. We're not quite done. We're not off the hook yet. Roy. Uh, Roy had promised, and I am a distillery on the last podcast because I've got a memory like a an elephant. So, so it's me. I've got one. I've definitely. Got I am one. a distillery gang. Uh, you've got one shot to shoot, so shoot wisely. Ten, ten questions. Roy, you're up. Right. Okay. Now it goes from the most kind of nebulous to the most focused. Number ten. I hosted the World Whiskey Forum in two thousand and eighteen. Next. I was founded in 2014. Oh, that's got to be a good one. That's got to narrow it down for you. No takers? I expanded in 2022, quadrupling my output. No takers. I also make gin, rum, and unfortunately, Gregor, rye whiskey. Eh? <laughs> mm. <laughs> what? Shall I keep going? Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny when your brain is following along and then a clue makes you zoom back out on Google Maps? <laughs> That's exactly what's happening, right? You're zooming in, zooming in. Oh, no, back out, back yep. out. Okay. Yep. Next. Master. I am popular with visitors. Welcoming 30,000 a year. Okay. 2014? Fing yeah, 2014. Fingers on the buzzers. I am the largest malt distillery in my country. Oh. What country is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, no takers. You can buy me in UK supermarkets. No takers. Oh, man. My bottles are often sold with vintage statements. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Somebody's screaming. Somebody's screaming. Second, there's only one clue left before I tell you what it is. So it's this one of you is going to get it. I am an English distillery. Cotswolds. I am Cotswolds Distillery. Yeah. I need a screen. I need a screenshot Rob, of that. Shame on you, Rob. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, gobsmacked. I don't know they did so dry. The did I, did I, I miss didn't anything? know they did. <laughs> <laughs> give, me, give, me that, give me that cheers. Give me punch that sky again, Gregor. <laughs> I didn't realise they did a rye. I mean, yeah. not that I'm really in the market, but hey, you there you go. It, Gregor. Major chance to find they, ha they have not yet released the rye, as, as far as I'm aware. Uh, they're, they're, they're making rye, yeah. Cotswolds. Well, they are now, after their expansion in 2022 last year, they're now the biggest malt distillery in England. They're obviously they, you can see how they've managed that success, right? They're going, going through multiples, they're going through specialists. Mm. Hey, they're doing good value stuff. They're not ripping the Mickey out of anyone. Natural product. They've got the recipe pretty pitch perfect. 
bloody good whiskey too. It is good. They did a good, good bourbon cask. But just going back to that, um, I'll tell you how far I was off the mark. The only name, the only <laughs> distillery name that just flitted across my, my mind <laughs> due to that whole thing was Tam the Vulin, which would make them the biggest <laughs> distillery in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Founded in 2014. <laughs> exactly, aye. I've been drinking. It's okay. Oh, oh, you love this well game. Well done, Gregor. Gregor, is that the first one you've won? It might be. Is it? It might be. It might be. Oh, Does that mean well, you're bringing I Am a Distillery next week? It means I'm bringing it next week. It doesn't mean I've written it. You can nominate someone else. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it's fine. Um, and as we did the last time, Gordon, you know, you, you had a week, a couple of weeks to come up with one between yeah, the recording. Yeah. You couldn't. Yeah. No. Um, we'll leave you off the hook for this one. Uh, but that's a good. No, a good no but you uh, did message me and say get Rob to prepare an I am a distillery. <laughs> oh, if he's got one, if he's got one, that's fine. If he's got one, <laughs> I might want to have one in the back pocket. That's yeah. fine then. Then next week, Rob, um, you you can. Do your best. Um, I do remind everyone, all, all the I, all the listeners, uh, by all means, if you want to contribute at all, uh, comment section on Dramface is good. You can hit me up on timeforadram at gmail.com if you want to submit an I Am A Distillery or if there's any questions. And um, maybe a wee reminder, we do listen to the Dramaphone. We've got a little members-only Speak pipe, I think, is the actual term, but we, we've called it Dramaphone. You can leave a little audio message. It is checked regularly, and um, we've, we pull that into the podcast occasionally. And spoiler, next week, we're pulling it in. So, by all means, and, and, use and that. I've left a, a Dramaphone message in the past, and we haven't used it, and you're feeling like we've ignored you or it's not fit. It's just probably because it's dropped through the cracks. You know, don't read anything into it. Please refresh our memories with a new message. <laughs> Would that Aye. be fair enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that'll get it bumped up the chain. This has felt a wee bit dry to anyone. Tune in next week because usually <laughs> things get a wee bit warmer. <laughs> <laughs> the wheels are off. So cheers all and uh, we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Cheers, cheers everybody. Cheers. cheers. Okay, no, I think the, the nutty the, the noble rebel is better. Yeah. Right, wow. Have you got right. them as well, Rob? Uh, I tried them at the Leeds Whiskey Festival and oh. the, the uh, oh, duff, whole duff. Yeah. Click, 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 download right. now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>